Welcome to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. We bring you a 10-minute episode every single week to give you everything you need to optimize your well-being. The show is brought to you by BodyShot Performance. They use technology and science-based solutions to create happy, healthy, and resilient teams. Find out more at bodyshotperformance.com. And now here's your host, Leanne Spencer. Hello, welcome back to the show. This one is all about the sleep staircase. I will explain exactly what I mean by that. But first, I want to refer you back to a previous podcast. We'll link to it in the show notes, which is about why we sleep. And I go into details on three particular aspects of why we sleep. One is that it flushes the brain. The other is that it helps us to sort out memories and consolidate learning. And the third is it helps regulate our appetite. But also, it helps us just to take some time out to rest and recover, gather our thoughts, uh, recuperate, and get ready for another day. And we know from the data of Professor Matthew Walker that most of us need between seven to eight hours of good quality sleep. So there is a tiny, tiny percentage of people who genuinely thrive on six hours or less sleep a night. But if you were rounding up or down to the nearest percentage, you would have to round it down to zero. So it's a tiny, tiny number of people who genuinely thrive on six hours or less sleep a night. So most of us need seven to eight. If you're under a lot of emotional load or a lot of physical load, let's say you're an athlete or you've just gone through a marriage breakup or a difficult circumstance in your life, there's every chance you'll need more. And you can do that either by getting your seven to eight hours of solid sleep in the evening and then getting a nap to supplement or just getting longer in bed. But The reason I want to talk about the sleep staircase is this is how I try and describe to people and encourage them to have a really good evening routine. I think a lot's made of morning routines, and I do believe that how you bookend your day, in other words, how you start and finish it, has a profound effect on not just the quality of the day, but the quality of your sleep. But I think the evening is arguably even more important than the morning routine. And here's why. Because there's two things that have to happen in order for us to fall asleep. Number one is that we need to, our body temperature needs to drop by about a degree, half to one degree. Uh, And the way to do that, as you'll have heard in my previous podcast, is to try and get yourself into a room that is cooler than you are. So there's two ways of doing that as well. One, you have a window open in the bedroom, you have the radiator turned off, you just ensure that room is cool. And when I say cool, you walk in, you're like, woof, woof, you're looking forward to getting in under the sheets or into your pajamas. But the other side of that coin is that you could make sure that you are hotter so that your body temperature needs to drop. So a bath 60 to 90 minutes before bed, for example, would do the job on that front. So That's a little bit about, you know, one of the things that's important. And the other one that's important is you need to be in a parasympathetic dominant state. So the autonomic nervous system has two branches. Sympathetic is our fight, flight, freeze, up, ready for action, whether that's positive or negative stress. And then the opposite of that is the parasympathetic, which is rest and digest. It's the state we need to be in when we eat food, if we're going to pull out all the nutrients from food. And it's the state we need to be in when our head hits the pillow. And in order to make sure we're in a parasympathetic dominant state, we need to descend down the sleep staircase. So imagine, in fact, let me take you back to when you were a child. And if you've got young children or have recently had young children, you'll know this to be true. We don't get kids in from school 
shove some fish fingers down them, rough them up with a pillow fight, drop them into bed and say, right, good night, and expect them to go to sleep. doesn't happen like that. What we do is we take them through a set of steps. So if I think about my godchildren, they're six and eight. And when I get them in from school, we play, then they have tea. And then we maybe watch something for half an hour while they just calm down a bit. Then they have a bath. They put their pyjamas on, I read them a story, we have a cuddle, and they go to sleep. And generally, that's how it works. You know, there may be a little bit of to and fro at the the latter end of that process. That's a staircase in a way. But I think as adults, we don't tend to do that. We tend to come in from work. Uh, Maybe we do a late workout. We have a late meal. We sit up talking. We watch the 10 o'clock news and then get into bed and think, hmm, can't sleep or we do fall asleep but we wake up in the night and we just feel it's a broken sleep where we don't feel rested in the morning and I think it's just because we do too much in that latter part of the evening that essentially is putting us into the sympathetic part of the nervous system. So if we look at this evening for example when I get in before I leave the office I'll do a to-do list. So what didn't get done today what am I going to hit the ground running with tomorrow and that helps me to mentally unpack. So I can try and let go of things, loose ends, threads that are in my mind. Let go of those because I know I'm going to get to them tomorrow. That helps. And then as I make my way home, I get in and I'll change into super casual clothes. You know, I'm not a smart dresser anyway. In the main, I'm in the office on my own. Um, But I'll put super casual clothes on and that's a cue to the body. A bit like the to-do list is. Okay, we're not working anymore. We're in casual clothes. My time is, is mine now. So that's one cue. I'll then eat a meal as early as possible, ideally three to four hours before bed, because we know um, for our previous podcast guest, actually, Alessandro Ferretti, the nutritionist, uh, we need about three to four hours to digest before we go to bed. Um, I'll then, after the meal, clear up, take Cammy the dog out for a little walk around the block for her last tinkle of the day. And funnily enough, as soon as we get in from that tinkle walk, as I call it, she goes to bed. It doesn't matter whether it's half five, half six or half eight. It's her cue to go to bed. I take her collar off, give her a little scratch. She goes to sleep. <clears throat> so at that point, um, I know that pretty much my time is mine. But sometimes I'll put in a wedge, which is usually my five-minute meditation. And the reason I do it then is because it literally it's that wedge between the workday and my time. And it's another cue to the body. Okay, we can just you know, breathe out any, any stress from the day, any tension, and the rest of the time's mine. And it really helps to uh, just literally to drive that way, to create that boundary, if you like. And if you are still working from home, it's a nice way to top and tail the day, to finish the day off and create that that boundary between finishing work, snapping the laptop shut or turning off the, the desktop or the Mac and relaxing. So you could also think about what your wedge might look like. Um, is it going to be breath work? Is it meditation? Is it playing guitar? Is it going for a walk? Really nice way to create a boundary. And then we will either do guitar or watch something on Netflix or iPlay or something of that sort, then upstairs to bed. So it really isn't complicated. Oh, and the step I missed out was putting on my blue light blocking glasses when I get in from the tinkle walk uh, to protect uh, my eyes against blue light, which suppresses the production of melatonin, which makes us feel sleepy. So that essentially is the sleep staircase. It's a set of metaphorical steps that you take to get your nervous system from sympathetic to parasympathetic, to get your mind a little quieter and more composed and ready for sleep, and the body to start that process of relaxation, of letting go of anything that's happened in the day or anything you're still anxious about or thinking about. And it really is at high level as simple as that. 
but it's too much of a jump to come in and keep pushing the nervous system into the sympathetic side and then expect to be able to sleep when your head hits the pillow. We need to be more conscious and deliberate than that. Now, I know some people who do their five minutes of meditation or their breath work when they're in bed just before sleep because that, for them, that's a sort of a late night wedge and it helps them to relax and, and start and fall asleep, basically. So that's something else you could do. But just thinking about the steps, and I've given you mine, think about what they could be for you. So that's that's probably the biggest tip. I do lots of workshops on sleep. We put out a lot of content on sleep as well. If you go to the website, bodyshopperformance.com, and you go to the menu and click in the search bar and type in sleep, you'll see all the blogs, vlogs, and podcasts we've done on the topic. But I think it's probably one of the most important things because you could have a beautifully set up bedroom with blackout blinds, a beautiful silky eye mask, lavender oil on the pillow, magnesium oil for your feet, um, you know, cool, ambient temperature and atmosphere. But if your mind's still racing and you're preoccupied, it won't matter because you just won't get into that deep restorative sleep that you're seeking. So really think about what the steps are that you could put in um, and perhaps listen to some of the other content we've done as well so you can really set that bedroom up for optimal sleep. So that's it from me. Hope you've enjoyed the episode. Uh, Thanks as always for for sticking with us and for listening through. Share it with anybody you think needs to hear this episode. And apart from that, I look forward to seeing you next week, talking to you next week, I should say. Uh, Stay healthy and all the very best for now. To find out more about what Leanne and the team at Body Shop Performance do for companies, head over to www.bodyshopperformance.com. While you're there, why not take our Wellbeing at Work scorecard and find out how your business measures up in four key areas of well-being. Well-being strategy and aspirations, well-being resources and training, energy and motivation, leadership and values. Thanks for listening and see you next week.